I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, and now we will continue our Euro 2016 coverage. Joining us now is Scott, a.k.a. the artist formerly known as the Swansea Way. Obviously, you knew him uh, from our show and the Jackcast. Scott, very pleased to have you back on. I'm sure you're very pleased with uh, your recent result in which you have made your first semifinal. We'll get to the implications of that in a moment. First, just talk us through uh, the win against what was a heavily favored Belgium side. Uh, it, it, was, it was just incredible, really, I think. Um, obviously, we went behind early on, and I think that would have tested a lot of teams' confidence and, and resolve in how they were playing. But we've got a team that's committed to a way of play, and they're confident in in their abilities and their teammates' abilities to play as a team. And and it just shows what you can do when you work together as a team. And I think it's just I think it's just uh, as much as the team deserves, to be honest, because they've, they've played excellently uh, in the tournament so far, with the exception of the England game. Um, yeah, it's just just an incredible day in Welsh sport in history. I saw earlier on Twitter apparently there was over 1.7 million people watched it uh, peak audience in Wales. <laughs> wow! Uh, and the, I think the population of Wales is about three million. To put that in perspective, um, God knows how many of them are in France as well. So so you got to deduct that from it as well. But uh, yeah, just just an absolutely incredible night uh, for Welsh sport. Yeah, we talked about it a little bit beforehand. Possibly the greatest night in, in Welsh sports history. Um, but it's definitely up there. You know, there's there's been other moments in rugby where we've won uh, Grand Slams in the Six Nations and this kind of stuff. And, and obviously rugby's long been sort of the um, the traditional sport of Wales. Um, but that's probably largely been due to the fact that Wales haven't been qualifying for major tournaments. Um, so, yeah, so it's definitely up there. I mean, if it's not, uh, off the top of my head, I can't think of any that sort of spring to mind uh, that, that are bigger achievements than it. And especially given where we were sort of three, four years ago as a team. Um yeah, it's just, it's just it's just incredible sort of where we've come from, um, and I, and I think you look at the big players, um, uh, and Robbie Savage was sort of mentioning it during the game last night. He he was talking about it uh, in regards to Ramsey when he was saying that you look at Ramsey working hard, chasing down the channels, and if you're a player who's a lesser player than Ramsey, say, if you're on the same side as him and you've got a player like Ramsey running around working his balls off, you you've, you've got no excuses. You've got to work that hard if your best players are working that hard. Um, it makes everybody else work that hard. But when you look at Gareth Bale as well, everybody talks about sort of his, his shooting and, and his effect in the final third, but his work rate throughout the tournament has been incredible. And for a player who's got that price tag on him, and um, I think realistically, he could definitely work a lot less hard than he does. And he probably wouldn't get that much stuck. But he just leaves it on the line. You know, every game he puts all of his effort and he's spent by, by, the, by the final whistle and, the comparison I've been making all tournament is Ronaldo. So it's, it's quite interesting that we're coming up against them now in the semi-final. Mm. Because when you contrast how they play for their national sides, 
Ronaldo works hard when he's got the ball, but doesn't really move around that much when he hasn't got the ball. Um, and, and I think that sort of feeds back into the team then when they're looking at their best player and he's standing around sort of stropping and, and throwing his arms around when things aren't going his way. Hmm. Bale doesn't do that. He just works for 90 minutes. And, uh, and I think that's why we, you know, we, if, if your best players are doing that throughout the side, um, it just drags the level of everybody else up. And I think that's why we are where we are. Yeah, you mentioned your players putting your bodies on the line. You do have the most goal line clearances uh, in this tournament with five. Ben Davis with three of them. Um, yes. Obviously, that is going to be a problem. Both Ben Davis and Aaron Ramsey set to miss the next match because of this rule where they didn't extend, or sorry, they didn't shorten uh, the amount of periods in which a yellow card could get you suspended. What What are your thoughts on that heading into this match? Uh, I think it's, it's it's a little bit harsh. I think you know, like the, there's two yellow cards in five games. Um, I think it's a bit harsh that people are being suspended for that. But by the same token. Um, it's kind of not dissimilar to, you know, if you were to play, if you were to sort of scale that up, if you get four yellow cards in 10 games in a league season, um, you're probably not far off deserving a ban, really. So it's, I do understand it. Um, we're just kind of lucky in a way in that the players who have, uh, who are going to miss the next match, Ben Davis and Aaron Ramsey, there's no doubt in Aaron Ramsey's going to be a miss. He's been one of the players of the tournament so far in general, I think. But, uh, we've got Andy King, who just won the Premier League. Um, we've got Johnny Williams, who, who looked good earlier on in the tournament, always does a job for Wales. So I think there is, that's probably our strongest um, position in midfield, that we'd be looking to replace somebody if we had to. Uh, and then likewise, sort of in defence, we've got James Collins on the bench, um, who can come in for Ben Davis in that exact position that he's been playing, sort of the left side of the centre-back. James Collins is a left-footed central defender. He'll fit alongside Ashley Williams very nicely. Um, and he's probably sort of the strongest bench option we've got um, in terms of sort of experience and uh, and caps and uh, and the level he's been playing at for the last few years. So I'm, I'm not too worried to be honest. Um, and and sort of sort of on a wider point in, in regards to that, um, like you, you mentioned, that the much fancy Belgium squad and there's been this sort of hype about them. But we, you know we beat them and we drew with them in qualifying. Um, they didn't look that special then. Uh, and I think they were unfortunate in terms of certain injuries they had. When you look at company being out, Vermaelen being out, Vertonghen being out. But so when uh, when Vertonghen was named as unavailable, they had a look at sort of where, who who they had in their squad and what clubs they were playing for. Because people keep on saying, you know, Wales with full squad, blah 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 blah. There's only a few players. And I was looking at the Belgian squad and um, all of the defenders, apart from Alderweireld, there's like uh, Club Bruges, Racing Genk. Um, most of them were playing in Belgium. And I know uh, Mounier is just, he's going to Paris Saint-Germain, but I was, I was looking at it and I was saying, I, re- I really fancy this. You know, like the, the defenders they had available, I think when you compared it to the, uh, to the Wales backline, you've got Neil Taylor, who's a Premiership player, Ben Davis, Ashley Williams, James Chester, all, Ch- all Premier League players. Chris Gunter's played in the Premiership, but I think he's in the Championship at the moment. Um, and that's a solid backline. You know, it's a really, really solid backline. So I wasn't buying all this underdog stuff before the game. I think by the time it came to it, given the last two games we played against Belgium and the fact that they had so many defenders out. I, I, I classed us as favourites in my head. Uh, I should have backed it with a bit of money, but I didn't. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, it's just it's just incredible sort of where we've come to as a team, how the players have come on and uh, established themselves now. And I think from this point, Portugal have played 120 minutes in the last two games, I think, as well, uh, which is going to play into our hands. So, so yeah, it's just mad, isn't it? At this point, it's just flip a coin stuff because uh, 90 minutes away from the final, which is... Uh, it's just hard to get your head around, really. 
Yeah, I would like to point out that on our last group show, uh, when everybody was talking about favorites, I picked whales, and I don't look as dumb as I could have. And so <laughs> I very much appreciate that. Uh, you already mentioned some of those guys in your back line with Premier League experience. Uh, was the defense the, the area that impressed you most in that Belgium match? If not, who was? Yeah, no, I think it was. I think you're right. I think the defence has been key for us. Uh, like when Chris Coleman came in after Gary Speed and uh, very difficult circumstances, um, he tried to carry on what, what Gary Speed had been doing in terms of the formation and the way we were playing and that kind of thing. Um, and it didn't work. You know, it's, he's, a, he's a different manager. He needed to do his own thing. I think we lost maybe six of the first seven games he was in charge. Um, and people were calling for his head and, and saying, you know, he, he shouldn't be the manager and all this kind of stuff. And, it was a bit premature. Well, it's definitely looking a bit premature now, given what he's gone on to do. But he changed everything. He went to five at the back. Um, and there was times where he was sort of grumbling a bit, thinking, why has he gone five at the back away at Andorra on an AstroTurf pitch? It seems a bit negative, but, you know, <laughs> it, it's helped the squad. You know, we started keeping clean sheets. Um, the squad became confident. Uh, we always maintained the passing football while we were doing it. So, you know, we were set up to defend and to counterattack. Um, but when we had the ball, it was always keep it on the floor. And find Al Robson Carno in the channels and he'd hold it up and bring other people into play. Um, we've had a very settled team for a long time. Um, yeah, it's, it's just incredible sort of looking at it, really. I, I, I'm still probably in shock, really, to be honest. I can't really get my head around it. I never said that before, but um, yeah, just, just what a performance. Yeah, yeah. Would be very harsh to pick out an individual when kind of the triumph of the story of the Welsh national team in Iceland as well is that teams that, as you mentioned, put everything on the line, teams that play for each other and have a core group instead of just individuals have been performing better this tournament. And it started at the very beginning of the tournament where we saw the the likes of Hungary turning some upsets. Um, Romania had a couple decent matches, unfortunately, falling short. So this, this is kind of a trend here. So kind of the question of who impressed most, I suppose, is a bit unfair and uh, not really projectable in this in this format. Uh, we do know who you're facing next. The media is doing its best to turn it into Bale versus Ronaldo. Bale already killed that, saying it's bigger than that. Obviously, it's nation versus nation. Uh, I assume you're on uh, Bale's side of this uh, of this kind of media narrative. Yeah, it's just, uh, I just love the way he talks in the media. You know, like they, I was uh, reading Chris Wathen, um somebody he said on Twitter, the Welsh football journalist, he was saying he was talking to Belgian journalists ahead of the Belgian game after the press conference. And they said that before they got to the press conference, they were already confident, saying, yeah, we'll turn over Wales. And then they watched Gareth Bale speaking and they came away and they said, yeah, we're not so confident anymore. Uh, just because of sort of the belief and the, sort of the, the, uh, the conviction in, 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 in everything that he was saying. Um, and I, yeah, and I think the, the scariest opponent is one who truly believes in, in their ability, you know, and hmm. We're going into this game with Portugal with nothing to fear. Um, Gareth Bale, like like I was saying earlier, he's led by example, and that and that is literally all you need somebody like that to do. You know, I remember when Cristiano Ronaldo was at his best. I think he's become a, he's become sort of petulant. Um, no, I, I just in terms of his general play, I think he's become kind of set in his ways a little bit. Um, sort of almost like a bit of a caricature of himself, which is a strange thing to say, perhaps given how many goals he keeps on scoring. But when he was at Manchester United, I remember when he first came through when he was really young, he used to do about a million step overs and then and then squiff the cross. So um, just the end product wasn't there in his first sort of season, season and a half. 
And then something went in his head or somebody had a word with him and said, you know, you don't need to do so many step overs, just do a few, beat your man. It's all about the end product. And all of a sudden he started doing the sensible thing and, he, and his work rate was there. Um, and I, I don't think he, he's needed to do that at Real Madrid in the last couple of years because he's, he's sort of switched to being a more of a centre forward now. Um, I think that's sort of gone away from his game. But there was a period where he sort of got his head down and went, right, if I work harder than everybody else and I'm this good, everything's going to fall into place. And I think that's what you're seeing with Gareth Bale. It's, he knows that, you know, if he's in 30 yards of space down the left, he can keep going, he can be two, three men, and he can stuff it in the bottom corner. But for the rest of the game, all he needs to be doing is working as hard as he can. He's probably the fittest and the strongest guy in the squad. Um, Ash, Ash Williams might dispute strongest, to be fair. But, uh, you know, like all he needs to do is work hard. And in doing that, he'll, he'll inspire the rest of the team. Uh, and likewise for, for Ramsey, for Allen, like if you're uh, the, the right back and you look around and, and the centre midfielder's just sprinted 80 yards to make a tackle, it, it's going to get you going. It's going to get your adrenaline going. And, um, and and I think that's only heightened when you see players like Bale and Ramsey doing it. So it, it's going to be very interesting because I think if, if Bale works that hard against Portugal, I think we'll win the game. If Ronaldo doesn't work that hard, I think I think that will be the difference. And I don't see Ronaldo working that hard, so I'm pretty confident. Hmm. Especially considering, as you said, you don't think there's going to be too much drop-off from the two players that you're missing. Um, yeah, this will obviously be an interesting one. If I had to press you for a score? Uh, 1-0 Wales. I said that before the Belgium game, so... I'm going to do everything the same before the Portugal game as they did before Eat the Belgium game. the same game. food, not, drink not, the not same drinks. at all, yeah. <laughs> That's probably, probably a good idea. Uh, last question for you. Um, it seems that the Welsh fans have, have been behaving very well. You're getting recognized by some of the French citizens. Does that mean anything to you personally? Yeah, it's just good to see. I think everybody's just enjoying themselves, same as the team. I think that's the one thing, again, that's coming out of the, the squad. It seems a bit different to a lot of the way the other teams operate, where there's sort of a climate of expectancy and uh, a lot of nerves. And th- there's none of that with the Welsh squad. They're here to play and they're here to enjoy themselves and they're here to entertain the fans and and they want to uh, they want to perform in a way that's going to make uh, that's going to make the fans proud of them. Uh, and and they've done that in spades. You know, we can't have asked for more of what the national team have done. Everybody who's out there is absolutely bouncing. I'm sure. And there have been sort of isolated incidents, I'm sure, where some Welsh fans have done things that they shouldn't have done, just like anybody else. But on the whole, it seems everybody's been just behaving themselves and having a good time. And and that's what it's about, really. There's there's just no need for anything else. And I think uh, the sooner there's no incidents of that nature, the better. But unfortunately, I think trying to rule that out completely is always going to be a a tall order. Mm. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Why don't you tell the folks where they can find you? Uh, yeah, on Twitter, at Scott McKay with a zero instead of an O. Uh, yeah, follow me. I, I'm probably angrily shouting about the referendum a lot at the moment, but uh, <laughs> there's probably some football stuff in there now and again as well. <laughs> All right, well, thanks again, and uh, good luck to Wales in the next round. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.